It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right. We are here. Let me see. Are you driving? Yeah. <laughs> Only for like another minute. <laughs> it, it's on Bluetooth. Oh. I can't. I can't hear you very well though. You can't. I'm on a headset. But, ah. Well, so you're just the better of the two of us. You just cleared up, so I I I I figured I'd talk to you about a couple of things we we could address. Um, you know, there there were uh, all the written questions that Judge Kavanaugh had to answer this week. Which um, was interesting. Um, in so far the Feinstein as Feinstein uh, thing was like super interesting. Well, and have you seen so that? Far, um, I I haven't. All of. You're going in and out for me, and I don't know if it's my fault. I'll just I'll just blame you. No, there we go. Okay. No, I I just read about the Feinstein thing today, and I was. My curiosity is piqued because whatever this was that supposedly happened was in high school. Mm-hmm. Give a give a cliff. And she re- a letter was received, I, from what I understand, a while ago by another senator. I forget which senator. Uh, from a woman who wishes to remain anonymous, but accused Kavanaugh of something related to sexual misconduct when they were both in high school. Mm -hmm. Feinstein has since not released the letter, but she um, forwarded it to the Department of Justice. Mm And I'm just very curious as to what she possibly could be forwarding to the Department of Justice from that many years ago. Unless Brett Kavanaugh is one of the Americans, I don't know what he could have been doing in 
in the high school that the DOJ would have any sort of jurisdiction over. Maybe drugs? Maybe he smoked a doobie? That's what it is with sexual misconduct. And isn't... It, I mean, the only thing I could think of is... I mean, it would depend on the... Name the... Of the law. But um, per- perhaps uh, the same thing that got um, Chuck Berry, you know, transporting an underage woman across state lines for illicit acts. <laughs> it's the only thing I could. Or think maybe of. she forwarded it there and forwarded it to for action on the state level. There are some states yeah. where um, statutory rape does not have mm-hmm. a. Um, statute limitations. This is true, although um, then you get into... It's all very cloak and dagger at this point, though. I mean, there's no... Yeah, there's no information about it. And I, I would like to know why she sat on it for that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, did she sit on it because they were vetting the claim? I mean, that, okay. But I don't know. And that seems a little bit confusing. And, of course, the first thing I go to, and if anyone hasn't watched it, a a truly excellent drama is the... uh, the whole Clarence Thomas Anita Hill hearings that they did on HBO thought that was really well done with Wendell Pierce as Clarence Thomas and is it Carrie Washington as Anita Hill, the the girl from Scandal. Yeah, I think yeah. It. it. Oh, and uh, Greg Kinnear was Joe Biden. In Joe oh. Biden's. <laughs> but um. Really, it... Greg Kinnear. Okay. But so, it, if it's anonymous, what is what is she what is she pushing forward, or is it a person who named themselves but asked to be kept anonymous? Named themselves and asked to be kept anonymous. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't explicit about that. I I just I wanted to be clear. Um, it, no, I know it's I important mean, to be clear, so uh, I apologize. First thing my head goes to again is is Anita Hill. The, the other thing, you know, for me is uh, so Kavanaugh is what fifty one, fifty two. He's old. He's old. I. So high school for him would have been in the 70s, though, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so unless this was some kind of violent rape or, and I don't know where he went to high school, what state was he in? Um, Wikipedia knows. I know he went to Yale for law school. Well, that doesn't help. So, um, yeah. let's see. Early life and education. He was, oh, 
that's why she sent it to the Department of Justice. Why? Oh, no, never mind. It says the Maryland. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. He's... Okay. Yeah, he's from the D.C. area. So. All right. Yeah. I I cannot say. Um. The the cynic in me. No, I I do not hold Diane Feinstein in very high esteem. I I would not go so far as to accuse her of lying or pushing lies like say Senator Kamala Harris but I I also you don't get to be in the Senate as long as Dianne Feinstein has without knowing how to play the game and playing it very well which can include doing some some things that skirt the lines with dishonesty but I I don't know We'll, we'll have to see where the there is no time limit to commence prosecution for any felonies such as rape in Maryland. Okay. Um, Was that true in the 70s, though? Because um, a lot of states are going I to don't get know. into it. Well, no, I, because in the wake <laughs> of Bill Cosby, for example, Pennsylvania has now removed the statute of limitations on sexual assaults. However, it's kind of an open question as to whether or not that means you can go back on cases where the statute of limitations had previously expired. So that's all I'm saying is it kind of has to be a crime. I kind of take issue with saying that um, Kamala Harris lied. Um. In in what way? The say basically saying he said something he didn't say with regards to birth well, control. Well, he said abortion inducing drugs. He and said that's one that of the, the issues that she raised that the petitioners believe are abortion inducing drugs. He was quoting from the petitioners. Uh, I know. I heard him say it. I heard him uh-huh. say it, but it's still really bothersome that he said it like that. He's quoting from the petition verbatim. I don't know how that suddenly becomes his because views. Because there was more than just, there was, they believed Plan B was abortion yes. inducing. The plaintiff. Yes. Plan B and is not abortion. That... Wait, time out. I'm not done. Mm-hmm. They believe Plan B is abortion inducing. There mm-hmm. was also the issue of birth control mm-hmm. itself in that case. And yeah. it yeah, was they, they very believe all forms of the pill and, and whatever formulation cause abortions. No, 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 they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. The Catholic Church does. I believe that's what that case that no, that's the case they do not. No, no, they that's not why they have an issue with birth control. They have an issue with birth control because it's canon that you cannot interfere with the natural process of ovulation. So I, I okay. have to retreat. That could be left to be called two... my sex ed. And my sex ed, which was Catholic canon, was all forms of the pill induce abortion. No, I've never, literally never heard that out of a Catholic's mouth in my entire life, nor is that any part of Catholic canon, and I have studied it. 
They do not believe it's abortion. They believe it's a, it's a, it's an unjustified interference with God's plan. Mm-hmm. They believe Plan B is abortion inducing. Mm-hmm. It's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and again, is is that him interjecting his views or quoting what he understands the petitioners to claim? It's as disingenuous as to, you know, basically say Leonardo DiCaprio is a racist because of what he did as Baron Candy and Django Unchained. So, and Hillary Clinton picked up on it too. But, so, with respect to candidate Kavanaugh, I'm going to have to vamp because we lost Julia for a minute. So the other thing that's interesting because there's not a lot of interesting stuff going on with Kavanaugh is that uh, the European Union debated and passed Articles 11 and 13. um, 11 dealing with the posting of copyrighted materials on the internet, specifically social media, and Article 13 pertaining to uh, essentially forcing uh, search engines to um, pay content creators. I dropped out. And you're back. Okay. I appreciated the quiet for a little while. It was nice. One of the quotes from the PolitiFact article, which I know says she lied, says it's very clear he's characterizing their position, which was held by all the Catholic organizations within that set of cases. But even within characterizing their position, if you look at the dissent, it's still not a blanket description of birth control. Mm-hmm. And I have issue with him using that particular description. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bond fan. Okay. But yeah. And I believe Miss Harris did as well. That's that's fine. So you think Kavanaugh's gonna get confirmed? I'm even the who was it? Was it I can't remember, was it a Cornell law professor who kind of went up there and said, Look, this is the most liberal conservative you're gonna get out of Trump. So just vote to confirm him. That was at the judiciary hearings last week, but do you think he gets confirmed? Mm. More than likely, yes, but I'm not entirely sure it's a done deal yet. And then we have the other fun and sexy thing, which is um, the elections are coming up. 
any uh any interesting stuff going on in Tennessee cuz there's been some Bredesen humdingers. Bredesen. huh Bredesen. Bill Bredesen. oh the uh the Senate race I mean it it's not a it's not a it's not a done deal for for Marsha Blackburn which is startling in this state Well, and you know, I was looking at, I think it was, um, I want to say it was Nate Silver's blog, might not have been, but he was, uh, he was going over the, uh, the 10 most contested Senate seats and it's kind of 50, 50, basically it's, there's two open seats. There's four vulnerable Democrats and there's four vulnerable Republicans and, um, one of the big things that he was talking about was one, um, just as an example, like in uh, in Missouri, you know, the state carried you know, Trump by like thirty points or something like that, and uh, Claire McCaskill is has been having some popularity issues um, that he may be one of the people one of the Democrats to vote for Kavanaugh just to say, look, I can play ball with your guy because Trump's still pretty popular in, in Missouri. On the other end of that, you have uh, Wisconsin where there are Republicans who are in serious trouble because Trump's favorability has fallen from 46, 47 to the thirties in Wisconsin. And he barely squeaked by in Wisconsin. So, yeah, we shall see. The other interesting, there's no interesting referendums or ballot initiatives in Tennessee, though? Um, I haven't done my homework yet. But, Probably yeah. not. Um, um I don't know. I don't see anything. So here uh, in Michigan, um, we have legal marijuana. We have the uh, voters, the uh, Independent Redistricting Commission, which uh, a lot of the papers have been calling out that initiative in, the, in particular. Even Nolan Finley, who I think you can agree with me, is a pretty left-leaning guy when you know when he writes for the news in particular. But that most of their money has come from Democrat source. If you're in the car for part-time for lunch or tropical storm, Olivia, evacuate immediately. That was weird. That was very weird. That sounded like a child. It did. Uh, it's not supposed to auto mute people who call, auto unmute people who call in. But all right. On the bright side, as far as errors go, there were no racial slurs uttered. So I'll call it a win. Sounds good. But so, a lot of 
partisan money is flooding into the independent voting commission. And I think a big part of the reason is, um, as, as most people are aware, people who are not registered to a party still tend to lean one way or the other. And for the most part, um, even if you're not in, in Michigan, even though there aren't a lot of registered Democrats, the majority of the state leans Democrat, like 40%. So there's a issue I see of a very real thing of, because the Secretary of State does the nominating, that a Republican Secretary of State... What the hell? They're talking about Olivia, but that's not even a hurricane. True. It's a tropical storm. Uh, but the reservoir is about to uh, give out. Um, so, you know, that's not good. That's fine. I'm glad I'm not in Hawaii. There we go. Someone's this app completely changed my settings so that anyone who calls in can mute or unmute themselves because that's a good idea. It's not. I don't think that that the commission should be appointed by a partisan secretary of state that kind of completely shoots. I, that's really stupid. I mean, that, that completely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, I don't know what your preferred way of doing it would be. Maybe. Honestly, I think that the, the way I would like it done. I think this is the way Arizona does it is basically each district holds a special election for the elector they want appointed. For the yeah, for the uh, redistrictor they they want appointed. <clears throat> yeah, I mean to, if you're going to have a nonpartisan redistricting committee that's nominated by partisans that's I almost want to use my one S-bomb for that. That's really <laughs> no, stupid. No, you used two last week. You can't use any more. Nice flowers, huh? Oh, yeah, you're right. My wife got me flowers. And I think Aww. Oh, no, sticks. She got me white roses. Just like That's Donald really Sutherland in, in The Hunger Games. <laughs> What did she say? She said, don't connect a negative meaning to your gifts. <laughs> These are very your nice, wife honey. Is smart. Smarter than I'll ever be. True. She bought herself coffee cake, and the coffee cake just hurt her. But it's oh, okay. No. I made her pancakes for dinner. Ooh. Did you already eat the dinner? Flour. I may have ate a couple of pancakes while I was making them. Uh, I just can't <laughs> wait to order pizza as soon as we get off the phone. 
Every time I've gotten pizza, I've gotten horrific heartburn. So you, you be you. I will be me. Um, <laughs> so what's the, it's a, is it medical marijuana or recreational marijuana? Recreational. We've had medical since 2008. What does it need to pass? Um, so, 50%? no, in Michigan, here's how it works. If it if fifty percent gets it, it's forced onto the legislative calendar. If sixty percent pass it, it immediately becomes law as drafted. Okay, so it's not like Florida. Okay, Florida sucks. It has to be fifty percent. Um, and even if it passes Period. with fifty, the legislature, you know, it goes to the legislature. They have to pass some form of it, but they're allowed to heavily edit it. So that's what happened with medical marijuana. It, like, got 54% support, and we got our cockamamie system that we have right now. But, uh, yeah, so... I think Florida has a ballot initiative. Yep, restores... Mm -hmm. What is that? Were you hearing my phone ringing? Yes. That was my phone ringing. Restores the right to vote for most people with prior felony convictions upon completion of their sentences. Okay, that that accelerates it up. Florida was like most every other state where uh, after you finish your probation or parole after three years for nonviolence and five years for violence, you have your rights restored? No. No, and I didn't even know this, but I watched John Oliver on Monday, and he did a bit mm -hmm. about Florida's voting rights disenfranchisement. You have to petition and go in front of a board, which includes Rick oh. Scott, and there is no standard. Oh, okay. There's no so standard. That they so have it's to a use. step above Virginia, though. Virginia is the governor himself or herself has to pardon you. Virginia is even. See, worse. I don't understand how that crap is still constitutional. Um, I just do not understand. Well, the main reason I would say it probably is is for the same reason. I don't know what the case law is. There's a lot of case law about sex offender registries. And oh, there is a lot of case law that, that basically there are some crimes where lifelong sanctions are appropriate. Um, so lifelong sanctions of, for example, not being able to keep a firearm if you're convicted of felony spousal abuse. Um, yeah, I understand that. But the right to vote is in the Constitution. The right to not be on a sex offender list is not. Correct. I mean, the right to keep and bear arms is as well, but there are people who are permanently removed of that right. I just don't, I, mean, I don't think it's right. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I like the majority of states where it's just, look, three years after you finish your, your release from probation or parole, keep your well, nose clean. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Again. With guns, you know, I mean, we can quibble about whether this matters, but... With guns, there is there is a state, a government interest mm -hmm. in protecting the public. 
and that's a lot of the reason why they don't allow felons to own guns. Mm-hmm. But there's no there's no such commiserate public safety issue with preventing people from voting. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Well, and the sex offender registry is kind of the same. When you look at who gets put on a registry, you know, you're mostly talking about people, public urination, couples caught on school grounds, you know, having sex in the bathroom or something like that. Oh, not yeah. saying There's that's no, appropriate. Yeah, people don't understand. There's usually like a code or something like that for the type mm-hmm. of offense. But mm-hmm. people don't understand what that means when they're looking up the sex offender registry. So everyone thinks it's someone who diddles children, basically. Yeah. Well, and the rights that that gets to is like what California is fighting is their registry and their law basically makes it so you can't live anywhere. Mm-hmm. Why they they have these problems of these tent cities out on you know the Santa Monica under the Santa Monica Pier. It's the only place geographically someone on the list can live so i mean that's a right the right to have a piece of property or the right to move around and that's kind of the heart i have serious problems with that because it doesn't it doesn't increase public safety either it it just doesn't increase public Mm -hmm. safety so it's it's purely punitive at this point it's Mm -hmm. because they don't know how to manage the problem and they are freaking out on the far end of freaking out and, about and it. Use, uh, use every appellant's favorite phrase. It's arbitrary and capricious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you something interesting. So 1A did a, a bit on NPR about assisted outpatient treatment laws this morning. Mm-hmm. And they read my tweet on air. Ooh. I know. Was it favorably um, or were like, they mocking you? No, they weren't mocking me. Okay. Why would they mock me? It was a good tweet. I don't know. Um, so the psychiatrist said something that was the most horrible thing I've ever heard. I don't I not like the way most states assisted outpatient treatment laws are structured. I don't feel that they're constitutional. ACLU has taken that all the way through the appeals court and, you know, whatever. That's the answer. But it's it's kind of the thing where it's like with the sex offender registry. Certain groups were okay. We are just absolutely okay with stripping them of, you know, constitutional rights. And the, the psychiatrist said, my issue, my main issue with AOT laws are um, forced medication. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest problem with it. Mm-hmm. And so the psychiatrist said something along the lines of, you know, when in justifying why AOT laws are good, um, they bump, in, well, they were talking specifically about Kendra's law, which is the one in New York, and they bump people to the front of the line for services when they have an AOT order. Mm-hmm. And he said that they did a study asking, you know, people who had been subject to these orders if the benefit of them being bumped to the line was worth the trade-off of them being, you know, 
court ordered for treatment mm -hmm. and that they said yeah mm -hmm. that they felt like as this is justification for it that well they felt that being bumped to the front of the line was worth the trade-off of having a court order mm -hmm. but that's not the question no it i don't well, care if they're okay with it that's that's beside the point you don't have a high enough standard of proof to justify forcibly medicating medicating citizens. Mm -hmm. You just don't. Um, and that is not a trade-off they should have to make in the first place. Well, and all of the other things that go along with that, um, you know, just as an example, and I always go to the most grotesque place possible with things like that but new york's program in particular reminds me a lot of uh this country's history with uh voluntary sterilization and it's mm -hmm. something that was revisited in uh, michigan a few years ago mercifully it was shouted down appropriately um basically what it it said was uh it's it's sexist it's racist it's all the things you think it is but in michigan there was some flirtation you know five six years ago of once a woman has more than three kids and is applying for benefits they cannot get benefits for the fourth kid unless they agree to a hysterectomy and with these what these are not voluntary medication programs they're coercive programs is what they are and we have a really sad history of the government coercing the poor coercing people of limited mental faculties into doing things that the government deems best for them but are kind of appalling morally and on a human rights ground mm -hmm. and you know, some of those sterilization programs, I mean, God, South Carolina, theirs lasted well into the 70s. Um, so, yeah, reminds me a lot of that. So what was the tweet that you had featured? Um, Must not have been that good. You can't remember it. Well, I mean, I said I worked in mental health for a long time, and I know AOT is important in certain circumstances, but I've evaluated the laws for most states and the burden of proof that is required to institute forced medication is simply not high enough. Forced medication is a serious infringement of Fourth Amendment protections, and I think states should have to show much more potential risk before permitting forced medication. Well, and I actually did my law review article on it, but I don't talk about being a lawyer on Twitter. So. Well, and the world that I live in when I don't do much court-appointed work anymore because for whatever reason, the state does not want qualified defense attorneys doing court-appointed work because they added all of these CLE requirements to it. Um, mm -hmm. And I say this, I kid you not, I have gotten a standing ovation from uh, from the from the in-custody box of the people who, you know, I worked for 
for three hours on a day that they were that happy that they were applauding my job. So I'm pretty good at it, but I don't have the time or the interest to, you know, do 60 hours of CLEs for the privilege of that because you make dog crap money. I did it as a form of civil service, but what I find is for the most part, what a lot of people don't seem to realize, especially when you get at the the lowest court level, you're talking uh, your misdemeanors, your six month and under quote unquote crimes. Most of the people going through there have some form of substance abuse or mental health problem. Um, mm-hmm. And probably after driving misdemeanors, the number one thing I would get would be disturbing the peace, which is basically being being mentally ill in public is what disturbing the peace is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I talk with the judge. I talk with the prosecutor. I put things on the record of, look, the only reason we're here is so that this person can get medication. And many of them, because they've been in lockup for you know a month or two before their hearing, they've been dosed appropriately at the jail, and they're fine with it. I'm one of those renegades who thinks you have a right to be crazy as long as you don't hurt anyone. So I well, uh, you and I differ on that. I have a different view of that. That doesn't mean that I'm okay with 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 AOT laws. Mm-hmm. Here's if my if personal opinion. I mean, my personal opinion on it is: if somebody is that sick, they need to be in a long-term hospitalization, and the AOT law is just a way to circumvent the state's responsibility. And that's my issue with it. I don't have a problem with forced medication when you're talking about an inpatient setting. I don't have mm-hmm. a problem with putting somebody in in an inpatient setting against their will for a long period of time, because I think that I think that it's cruel to allow someone to live in some of the squalor of very deep psychosis. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's that, that we should be doing that. I don't think that's a good thing. But I think AOT laws are a way of saying, well, we don't have any money, so we're just going to do it this way when those people are not going to get better unless they're in for a longer period of time and they're stabilized on medication for a longer period of time. And that's not what's happening. Um, and, and, and I think the laws are way too... Um, it's way too broad. It's just way too broad. We have a system that we we kind of, we've traded the bedlam system for a system of a lifetime of band-aids. It doesn't work. It too, it just... Well, and then you you have the other thing, and this may be uh, um, the the most disgusting legacy of objectivism, but basically that 
mental illness isn't really a thing. These are otherwise able-bodied people. They should not be subsidized by the taxpayer to be idle in a hospital. That kind of thing that we went through in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, well, none of that's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, there, there, it's not a huge number of people that are that seriously ill. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, you know, there's a lot of people that are mentally ill. There's not a lot of people that are in the groups that I am referring to. Well, the people that are in the group that I'm referring to are, mm-hmm. are owed basic humanity. And yeah. I know it's, per, I know it's very, you know, it's, it's paternal, but basic humanity with somebody who is that sick, it, it's not, you can be crazy as long as you want to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I and, don't think that's true. Well, and for me, it, it comes down to, of uh, there's, <laughs> there's a very interesting line between a paranoid schizophrenic and a priest who hears the word of God for example. Now, from my perspective... No, there really isn't. Well, exactly. From my perspective, there really isn't. Exactly. But, because, one, either you're crazy or you're lying, from my perspective on that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, sorry. That that came out, that came out backwards. There is definitely <laughs> a very different line, because the, the symptoms of paranoid schizophrenia are not just that the person hears voices. Correct. So it, that's not that's not accurate at all, and I I if the person is I mean and also you have to look at like where these laws are coming from. I mean mm-hmm. these laws are named after people who died because of somebody who was mentally ill. They come mm-hmm. from a place of fear, and mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point because. of the severely ill, uh, mentally ill population are not going to hurt anyone. Oh, they're far more likely to hurt. They're not violent. They're more likely to self-harm. Right. Unless they have kids, they have a tendency to drag their kids down into something bad, (laughs) like if they set their apartment on fire. It's a different thing. They're no more violent. That population of people is no more violent than the rest of the country. The violence rate among people identified with mental illness, I don't, maybe you can, you can prove me wrong. I don't think it's any higher than the rate of violence among people who are not mentally ill. It's actually a The problem less- is we seem to say everybody who's violent is mentally ill, and they're mm-hmm. not. Well, that's why I always but, have a, a problem yeah, I mean, with, you know, just as an example of uh, all of these pop psychologists who analyze Donald Trump. It's like, no, don't, don't do that. Everything he yeah, does. Yeah, no, he's definitely got narcissistic personality disorder. It, most CEOs do, though. That's not the point. I think you would find the majority of people okay. in Washington have narcissistic personality traits. Mm-hmm. Traits and disorder are not the same thing. But um, 
is he ticks that all that's the boxes. Come, that's all I'm saying. That's absolutely fine. I think it's unethical he, to do a psychoanalyst of someone who's not sitting in your office. But that doesn't get I you don't on think TV, it's that hard. does it? That doesn't get you on TV. I don't though, have a problem it? with it. I literally don't have an issue with it because there is enough public information and public video of his behavior to really be able to make that analysis. They don't, I don't see, they don't need to see him in the office for that. But anyway, back to the original point. I don't have a problem with hospitalization and even forced medication and hospitalization if the person is sick enough to need it. That I is don't have a, a very problem. small population. I don't have a problem with it either as long as due process is followed. That's the only thing I care about. Yeah, if someone is a risk to themselves. Right, or to but some kid who's just a drug addict, some kid who's yeah. just a drug addict is going to fall under an AOT statute. They're going to do. They're going to qualify under that. Pretty much anybody who's doing any kind of behavior that's subversive mm -hmm. that nobody likes, mm -hmm. they're going to they're going to be able to have forced medication. And I yeah. don't appreciate that. And I don't. And the problem is also these doctors medic over medicate the shit out of mm -hmm. people too. I mean, oh my god. How do we know what they're doing is the right thing? Because. It's not like diabetes where we go, oh, well, if you have diabetes, we're going to put you on metformin that should control your, you know, your insulin or your blood sugars. If that doesn't work, then we put you on insulin and metformin. Like we know clinically when we use these drugs, this is what happens. And to some extent, we know that with mental illness, but it's not as cut and dry. Even and very, it's not even close to and, as cut and dry. And very quickly, you get to it in 12 Monkeys. We're not here so that we can get better. We're here that so we can be better followers. Uh, you know, just well, dope I them mean, up long enough so the observers... Go, see... go ahead. Well, yeah, one doctor that you might go see might give you lithium and something else for bipolar and another doctor you see is going to give you eight different medications including a powerful antipsychotic mm -hmm. there's no there's no consistency mm -hmm. among medication with mental illness with this very 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 strong and powerful medications mm -hmm. and i don't think joe blow doctor who happens to be the one you're assigned to in your aot order should be able to just you know, say, well, the state says that if I say you have to take it, you do. Yeah. I have a problem with that. Well, and that's the problem I have as well, because I just, um, I just presided over something um, a couple months ago, no, last month, where uh, there was an issue of medication, and um, it was an issue where the parents did not want their kids medicated without knowing more because in particular we can't pretend that there aren't side effects especially when you're talking about a 10 year old so as we go down this um you know in the hearing uh you know basically we have at this point a judge 
making a medical decision based on the recommendation of a nurse practitioner who met these girls once. So my clients and the, the general practitioner the girls have been seeing since they were infants said they did not want the drugs. So that's what I get to see this too. Trend, is, trend. is a judge playing the trend towards yeah, no, the trend towards using um, very powerful medications that were never tested in children mm -hmm. on children is mm -hmm. extremely concerning. Um, well, I, and there's, there's two... Diagnosing things like bipolar when you're talking about somebody who's not even 18 mm -hmm. um, I think can be a very slippery slope and medicating that at 10, 11, 12 years old, you have no, they literally, cause they can't test this stuff on kids. They don't know for sure. And it hasn't been that it, it really in the psychiatric community has not been that it was not that long ago when they didn't use those types of drugs with children. Mm -hmm. And now they are. So there's no way, because there hasn't been enough time to know exactly what's going on when you give these kids these medications, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, that type of thing. It's, it's really concerning, the antipsychotics in particular, because those are extremely powerful medications. Oh, and I... I also always get down to how, how do you tell the difference between clinical bipolar and puberty? You and I were both teenagers once. Wow. We had our mood swings. Uh, you know, they know full and damn well that they medicated our entire generation with way too much Ritalin and that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. So I don't know how they're not taking a look in the mirror now and saying, why are we calling all these kids bipolar and throwing them on antipsychotics? Because and the that's problem not to say that there aren't children who are psychotic. That does exist. Mm -hmm. It does happen. But that's not very common. And it's not, you know, that's something wholly different. I mean, wild behavior is now being treated uh, with pharmaceuticals that they never mm -hmm. used to use to treat these things. Some might argue normal behavior is now being treated with pharmaceuticals. Well, I love to see some of these Julia, you're about to kid on something to like that. Boy. They're going to have a problem. There will be cops called on me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, the worst thing about this whole child detention thing. They were medicating kids without consent. Yep. Well, that's not the whole problem with it. Obviously, there's a lot of problems with the child detention crap. But that was the one thing that I think pissed me off almost as much as the children in cages kind of thing was mm -hmm. that they were, it did come out that they were medicating mm -hmm. these kids without parental consent. Mm -hmm because it made them more, you know, compliant. Yeah. You have no idea what those drugs are doing to those kids. Oh, 
And I would not, not even, I would, I, I'm going to guess that they were using Haldol Ativan cocktails. And mm-hmm. Haldol is a hell of a drug. Adults shouldn't even, well, I mean, it is helpful when somebody's totally freaking out. But that should be nowhere near a kid. I mean, Haldol came out maybe within 10 years of um, uh, what's the name of the drug that I want to oh oh come on Julia seriously oh wow we we are not psychiatrists, so wow. we should probably get off of this line of wow, conversation. Wow, but I know, I know. Thorazine. Maybe you just need some more ginseng. I need some thorazine. Okay. I mean, this, these well, those drugs, Haldol and thorazine came out years ago. I mean, like they were the beginning front line against psychosis. Should not be using that on children. Well, and I always err on the side of um, there is nothing more fragile than a child's brain, which you and I have talked about, because you're not going to let your son play football because you're a damn dirty hippie. But. Yeah, that's true. Because you can't ethically test most drugs on children, um, especially when you talk about monkeying around with the the endocrine and uh, the brain chemistry of a child that's terrifying. Well, yeah, and a lot of these medications cause severe weight gain, too. And we have an obesity epidemic already, mm-hmm. which may sound like a minor thing, but it's really not a minor thing. Oh. And... So, you get to, I mean, um, because it's very, un- if they're already obese in childhood, the, their health outcomes, you know, are proven to be <clears throat> significantly not as good as children who are not obese in childhood. And these medications cause, I mean, the medications themselves cause significant weight gain. Well, and you get to the, the last piece of the pie, because there was one bit of germane criminological news that got released was um, the FBI released their active shooter study for 2017 and who boy was it a bad year for active shooters but something that keeps getting omitted I guess I would say and I it's It's a correlation that people have been talking about since Columbine, and that's the number of these mass public shooters or other murderers who are on antidepressants, antipsychotics, and anti-anxiety medications. Because I remember Um, when I was on closing... Hold on. I remember when I was on Prozac, and two of the things that were listed were suicidal tendencies and homicidal tendencies. So, 
it's not a common side effect. Not. No. I mean, the, I, the most I don't like because that is that, no effect, uh, honestly. Well, it, that kind of you know delves into the conspiracy theory that the reason why people are doing these shootings is because of big pharma and these medications that are. You know, and that, that, I don't think that's... It's turning the frogs gay! Uh, yeah, I don't think I that's... Alex I don't Jones. think it's accurate. But it does get into uh -huh. what I think is a more germane thing with regard to that. And it's less the drugs and more. You also find out that these people, like the guy in Las Vegas or the shooter outside of Parkland, had not received any follow-up care. I mean, basically his prescription was renewed for 18 months, the Parkland kid. Yeah. I think that part of the problem is a lack of follow-up care. Not the drugs themselves. Well, that's... That's my issue with AOT laws right there. AOT laws mm -hmm. are our way to slap a Band-Aid on, you know, at the expense of people's rights onto yep. uh, a problem that they don't want to deal with, that we have no inpatient, we have no infrastructure for inpatient treatment for people who really need it. Um, when they do get inpatient treatment, they're there for five to seven days, which does absolutely nothing. Um, and they don't get all they're doing in an inpatient hospital in the vast majority of the country is putting them on meds and stabilized, uh, if you can call it that, because it's not very long, stabilizing them on meds. Mm -hmm. They're doing groups that are run by more often than not, people have no credentials to be doing that. And they're, you know, going to, like, classes, but they're not doing any, you know, therapy. And they're mm -hmm. set up with stuff after. But they haven't even been in long enough to, like, come out of the fog enough to know that they need to actually do the follow-up after. It's ridiculous. Well, and this is something that my wife and I have spoken about a few times. Um, I don't know if you've had this happen yet, but I've had two clients who ended up taking their own lives the past couple of years. Um, both of them, by the way, were drug-related. Um, one was a family decided that um, before sentencing was a great time to have an intervention with this guy. Didn't end well. The other one was a guy who uh, basically he himself because he had uh, he had partied the night before and he got the call for a random drug test and he did not want to go back to jail. So um, is I don't think that the government can be a replacement for a support structure. And when it comes down to it, no one winds up schizophrenic and homeless if they have a support structure, if they have brothers and sisters or parents or someone like that to look after them. No one... But that's not entirely rarely, true. But it very no. rarely is... 
No, it most of the time, and it, when I look at the histories, it's got kicked out of the house because they were crazy. Like, you'd be amazed at the stuff you get to look at when you're an attorney that the public. If the, the public family can't, do. if the family can't afford to help that person get care and get medications, and there's nothing in the community to support them for that care, mm-hmm. then yeah, it absolutely can happen, and does every day. No, it. Basically, we put no money into mental health, and then we expect people to be responsible. We expect people who are not obviously not responsible and can't take care of themselves and can't even take a shower to be responsible mm-hmm. for taking their medication. Well, and, and making appointments and doing all that. I mean, the expectation. It's like it's like saying to a two-year-old, mm-hmm. um, "I want you to put the dishes away." And then getting mad when all your dishes are broken on the floor. Well, and it's stupid. The, the other part of it comes down to, as well, and this is well documented, of the federalization of mental health, and basically the federalization eradicating community mental health initiatives. Same way we did with uh, um, the Drug Enforcement Act. Of there were state and city initiatives that were doing some really good things, then we federalize the whole thing and all of that progress goes out the window and the problem's even worse. Uh, You know, I mean, I guess, but it's not like the community programs are great. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm saying they, they were, they were better. Because now it's to not get federal dollars, the states it. don't put any money into this. The states put zero money into this. It's not in their, you know, it's not in there. They don't care. They put, they, it's exactly what I said. They put zero money into it and they want everybody to be doing, you know, outpatient because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. For a lot of people, that doesn't mm-hmm. work, or it doesn't work immediately. It would work if you hospitalize them for a decent period of time um, and got them, you know, uh, what's it called, stabilized on medications to where they could think clearly enough where they, um, you know, could make the best decision for themselves. But that's not what happens because there's no money for it. Mm-hmm. And that's not a federalization issue. That's a state issue. That's a local issue. That's just across the board throughout the entire country. It's just despicable. It truly is. It really, it just, it disgusts me how, you know, and then the, 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 right. Well, people need to be responsible for their own health. You're asking people who can't, who are not capable of doing so, to be responsible for their own health. So, have a look at um, the Community Mental Health Act at some point. I know you don't want to do homework, but it it did federalize through the power of the purse how mental health is done in this country because it laid out all sorts of guidelines of what you have to do 
to qualify for that money. And just like with schools, they all adopted the federal guidelines, just like all the public schools adopt the federal guidelines to get the federal dollars. That's, that's how it went down in the 60s, and it sucks. I, I don't give a flying shit how they fix it. Mm-hmm. They need to fix it. I don't well, even it, care whose fault it is. I don't care about, I like literally don't care about any of that. I, I'm just so sick to death of expecting. I mean, literally, if a person is not capable of showering themselves, why do you think that they can keep a schedule mm-hmm. for appointment what what universe makes you think that's even possible i mean it's it's insane Mm -hmm. it's a way to make a cheap mental health program and then Mm -hmm. blame the victims Mm -hmm. when it doesn't work Mm -hmm. because they weren't being responsible Mm -hmm. it's just it's so gross it's just gross I'm sorry, this stuff makes me so mad. I mean, there'd be so many people that would come in, um, you know, so frequently. And (laughs) and, I mean, they were there for a month. Mm -hmm. So it's usually people that are really, really sick. So they'd be there for like two, three weeks a month. Go back out to community support. And end back right up in, in the hospital in three months. And there's there's 500 some odd state beds in the state of Michigan. There's no place to put them. Well, no, they for long term care. Uh, they end up being indigent defenders, having run afoul of uh, one of our many unconstitutional misdemeanors, disorderly conduct. Yeah. Or loitering in a known drug yeah, dealing area. Or, yeah, that one's my favorite. Or they end up in and out of the hospital so many times. And it's not fair to them. It's it's bullshit. Because mm-hmm. when they're not on med when you're on and off medications like that, mm-hmm. you get worse. Oh yeah. And so like the their only chance the they could be. Yes. So you could be a productive member of society. Okay. I mean, at one point it could have been completely possible for these people to spend six months to a year in a hospital and get mm-hmm. out and then, you know, be in a position to make the decision to take care of themselves and to, to follow up with medic, you know, all that, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way that we have it structured just doesn't even give them that opportunity. Yeah. No argument from me. Because it's disgusting. Yeah, oh, hey, I've got something interesting for you. Sweet. Cardi B and Nicki Minaj are not just fighting, you know, in real life. They're fighting because they back opposite sides in the New York Democratic primary. And that that is a headline. I know who Nicki Minaj is. I may occasionally get her confused with Key dollar, ha! Huh? But who's uh, who's the other one? 
Isha? Kesha? It's a dollar sign. I'll say it how I want. Kesha. Uh, Hardy B. I mean, I don't listen to either of these people. I know they they got in a fight. I saw it on Twitter. Is Cardi B another? But my point being, diva? yeah. So my point being, though, that there, the Hill is tweeting an article mm-hmm. about how Cardi B and Nicki Minaj back opposite sides in the New York Dem primary. That's yeah. news. That is news. This is this is the age of Trump, baby. That's. I don't care what either of them think of the. Neither do I. I don't care what. Oh my God! You're kidding me. The city has to say, what? Oh my God! Marijuana found in Botham Jean's apartment after deadly shooting. Oh. Oh, it's so hard not to swear right now. Found in who's The guy who was shot by the cop who magically was on the Mm -hmm. wrong floor and broke Mm -hmm. into this guy's house and then shot him Mm -hmm. and saying he didn't follow her directions. Mm -hmm. And now they're dragging him in the media because that's what they do. Like, we got, that's like some Chappelle show level crap because he used to have a bit about how everyone the police ever shot was on drugs. They just sprinkled a little crack on their chest. Yeah, I loved that joke, by the way. That that was hilarious. Sprinkled some crack on them. But who cares? Why are we reporting this? Who cares if he had pot in his apartment? He was shot in his own home. Mm-hmm. It's so immaterial. It has nothing to do with what happened. Mm-hmm. Why are we reporting this? It's mm-hmm. not to like make it look like it may be the black guy's fault. I I mean it it reminds me a lot of um you know just as an example, uh, certain members of the media were very focused on Trayvon Martin's face tattoos, as if that has anything to do with it. Did he have face tattoos? His ink came into question. That's all I know. thought he had like a neck tattoo or something like that. Yeah, there wasn't anything on his face, I don't think. But this is disgusting. This mm-hmm. is disgusting. Mm-hmm. He was in his home. He could have shot her and been fine. Well, except for the weed in his pants. But um, he is on leave. As far as I saw, I I believe um, Fort Worth County has filed manslaughter charges against her. Um, it shouldn't. Yeah, it really shouldn't be manslaughter. But her statement it is, is manslaughter. Huh? It is manslaughter unless they can That's prove recklessness. They don't have a second degree in in that state? Second degree would be reckless. Wanton disregard. 
Yeah, I think that would be correct. If we're going with she honestly shot, thought she was going into her own apartment, um, I think manslaughter or negligent is more yeah. appropriate. Oh. That, that's another, by the way, that's another part of the uncomfortable truth. She raised her gun and shot. She raised, yeah. she raised her gun and she shot. Mm-hmm. That is intend, she intended to murder him. However. Intentionally and knowingly knowingly caused the death of another person. She raised her gun and shot intentionally under the mistaken belief that she was lawfully allowed to do so. That's manslaughter. Imperfect Um, self-defense is manslaughter. Again, I'm I'm going to... I don't buy her whole story. That's fine. I don't buy do you want a story. Do you want a conviction so, or do you want him to be tried with what, what do you want her to be tried with what you think she did? That's the other way these cops get off is prosecutors shoot for the moon with first and second degree homicides when they could get convictions on. Yeah, I know. Listen, it just makes me mad. It makes me mad though. Okay. It makes me mad because I think, first of all, first of all, in that particular case, I think her story is full of shit. And the other evidence from eyewitnesses and, and other, you know, circumstances mm-hmm. say that she's full of shit. I yeah. think she knew him. Yeah, there, and there I seems think this was intentional. Photos of them out on dates and things like that. But again, uh, the prosecutor up until the point of uh, a jury selection, at least amend the complaint. So as yeah, long as the trial I, this, was not up way, they can amend such... the complaint. Yeah, this whole story is such bullshit. Such bullshit. And the first issue is, like, apparently there was some very big, bright red doormat that he had in front of his door Mm -hmm. so that his friends could identify the apartment when they came in. And you can't miss it, apparently. She didn't have a red doormat in front of her apartment. So I'm pretty sure there's more to it than this. And I think she's. Well, and, you know, again, just to get into this, I say this as someone who has chased someone away from my apartment um, with a shotgun that, yeah, she's damn lucky that he didn't kill her. And I do think it was premeditated, probably a jilted lover kind of thing. And her story is full of holes. But I think there's more likely to be a conviction on manslaughter. And it comes down, do you want a conviction or do you want the person to be charged with the highest degree? I'm disgusted that she thinks she can get away with this shit. She's a police officer. She has good reason to think I'm she can get away. I'm disgusted that she thinks, yeah, that's, that's my sticking point right now. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to talk about Elon Musk. Well, speaking of the Mary Jane, um, by the way, you want to hear yeah, something funny? Yeah, that made me think about it. Um, so I was watching that Joe Rogan interview with uh, Elon Musk with my wife. And my wife looks at me after about 40 minutes and says, can we watch something else? He has no inflection in his voice. I can't listen to this for another hour and a half. <laughs> Was she talking about he, Joe Rogan or Elon no, Musk? No, 
he has a very kind of droning monotone voice. Very little inflection. Oh, so like what's his face? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. These on-the-spectrum geniuses don't have the greatest linguistic skills. But, or I would go, you know, if you want to go a funny route, uh, the comedian Stephen Wright. He's my favorite. But, so we're we're watching it. I, I finished it at work the other day. And there's some interesting stuff in there. Um, you know, Elon what Musk. What are we talking about? Elon Musk. There's oh, yeah. some interesting stuff in that interview. Um, they talk about his flamethrower for a little while, and Elon Musk just says, yeah, it was a publicity stunt. And he said, it's not even a flamethrower. It's a, it's a roofing torch, something you'd use to melt like the tar um, if you're replacing shingles, but they put an airsoft chassis on it. So... It's literally a roof torch from Home Depot that looks like something from Mass Effect. <laughs> and they sold them for like $1,000 a piece or something ludicrous like that. So, um, talked a bit about The Boring Company, um, which is his uh, subterranean highway network company. And okay. yeah, he uh, he was offered a blunt from Joe Rogan and drew upon it copiously. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the bigger issue, though. Yeah. Um, that that oh. non-issue issue, I mean, as far as him being uh, SpaceX being involved with NASA and the Air Force, that is a significant issue. Um. That may be the last thing that the SpaceX board needs to get him ousted because SpaceX and Tesla have been eyeing Elon Musk all year um, to get him bounced, and it might happen. Um, well, they're... he doesn't have anybody to blame for that but himself. Well, and the, He doesn't the have really anybody to blame for this but himself. He acts like a psycho. Yeah. I mean, at some point, people are going to say, uh-uh. If, if, uh, I if mean, Tony Stark accusing the guy who was so mad about his, yeah, well, he's so mad about his, you know, little submarine thing that he wants to call the diver who said something about how the submarine wouldn't work a pedophile. Like public more than once, and like, that I mean, he by can't the way, help himself. and that by the way is what the board is most focused on is mostly his Twitter behavior, and again, this is the wonderful world of corporate governance. But at next year's shareholders meeting, his Twitter behavior is going to come front and center as someone tries to unseat him at uh, at Tesla. Perhaps SpaceX as well. Well, you did. Well, you did, did you see the accusation that when he sent out that tweet about which he's under investigation now about taking Tesla public or private again, mm-hmm. that he had the investors to back it, that mm-hmm. someone I forget what artist it was. I'd have to look it up. 
Um, but there was an, uh, a musician there who was working on beats with Grimes. Mm-hmm. And she publicly said on Twitter that they didn't get any work done and she ended up leaving because she spent the whole weekend at Musk's place while mm-hmm. Grimes was like helping him off of a bad acid trip. And that's when he did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of stuff, you can't have that kind of stuff happen. Yeah. You can't have people publicly saying that kind of stuff about you. And I don't know if he was on acid, but I am pretty sure that he probably had some kind of behavior based on his past behavior, some kind of behavior on that weekend that made somebody think that. Well, and erratic and you Twitter just can't... Is, is a central issue for many members of the SpaceX and Tesla board and shareholders that, you know, it's something like his, he... Last, you know, basically two years ago, he would send one or two tweets a day, and now he's up to dozens of tweets a day. That he is spending way yeah, too much time. Yeah, I don't time. follow him because he's kind of an ass. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would if SpaceX were doing anything interesting anymore, but they're not. Um. You know what? What the last interesting thing that SpaceX did was they launched a Tesla with an Asimov robot in the driver's seat to Mars. About it. But um, he he is basically cruising to go the Steve Jobs route of he's going to get booted off of the board of his own companies because he's being too nuts about it. And the the spliff, who cares? I mean, the Air Force kind of cares. I get it. But they don't have much of a leg to stand on given the drug behavior they're willing to pardon recruits. Um, if he's dropped a few tabs of acid and smoked a blunt, that doesn't put him removed from the average American, and I don't think. It's not that he was smoking weed. <clears throat> it's not that he was smoking. This is the issue I have with a bunch of people being like, who gives a shit, you know, whatever, everyone smokes weed, yada, yada, yada. And, and that's true. And, like, I don't give a shit if he's smoking weed. I don't care. But that he is in the position that he's in mm-hmm. going to go on a podcast yeah. smoke a blunt the whole time. It's an irresponsible decision. No one kicked the air he took force. A drag. He did not smoke sitting... weed for two hours. Whatever. He took a drag. He wasn't the air smoking force... for two hours. Fine. The air force is not going to give a flying crap. If he's no. smoking, you know, multiple blunts in his own home on a Friday or Saturday night, as long as he's getting his job done, they don't mm-hmm. care. But when it publicly becomes an issue for them and makes them look bad, and his his shit, you know, his board members as well, when it's 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 just the act of doing that, even though it's not illegal, appears to be irresponsible. The way he did it, 
that's the problem. Well, and kind of the funny thing here is, um, do you know the comedian Bert Kreischer? He did the Travel Channel show, no. Bert the Conqueror. You ever watched that? But um, he worked for the Travel Channel from like 2009 to 2016 or 17. And he's good friends with Joe Rogan. And he would say when he was on Joe's show, and he would say beforehand, I can't be on your camera smoking weed. So we can smoke in the green room. Or if you want to pass me something, um, Jamie, the, the producer, has to turn my camera off. The idea that Bert Kreischer, a man who his entire comedy shtick is binge drinking, has more foresight on marijuana use than Elon Musk bugs me a lot. Yeah, I That's mean, what and, and it's me. not about, well, it shouldn't be illegal federally and it should be totally acceptable and fine. Those things are true, and that, but that's not the issue. The issue is that it still isn't, and he has to be cognizant of his position, and he is obviously not, or he is and doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Well, and Michael Avenatti is going on Tucker Carlson tonight. FYI, that should be interesting. To do an interview with Tucker Carlson. I mean, what's what's he pushing? Does he have a book? His presidential run. Oh. Michael Avenatti? Yeah. Does he have a book? He's still got that case going. No, he's running for president. Well, again, the you didn't hear about that presidential run. You didn't know this. He doesn't name a need presidential a book. He's like Trump. Trump wrote a book in 2014. I'm just saying, Avenatti is all over the news. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. For what? Who knows? Because of his ongoing case. Mm-hmm. Well, I I mean I would imagine for the the same reason we care about diamond and silk. Gotta look at the train wreck. Elon Musk, he's, uh, he's uh, what I'm worried about is that he's getting into his older Howard Hughes years. Because oh he used to God. be young and, it, uh, you know, he used to be young and fun and sexy, and now he's just going off the deep end. Again, like Howard Hughes. So that's what I'm kind of worried about is are we going to find out at some point, you know, is there going to be a point where he stops leaving his house? Stuff like, like do we get a movie later? I bet we do. Oh, who would play Elon Musk in the biopic directed by Martin Scorsese? I mean, who plays all of the crazy ones? It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo's too old. No, you know, you know, no, no. Miles Teller. Miles Teller could do it. I like Leo's crazy person. I love Leo's crazy person. But he's older than Elon, so he's he can't so do it. He's so good. But he's uh, older than yeah. Elon Musk. I don't know. I mean, fine, fine. I have Miles to pick Keller a new favorite crazy person. 
I would have said Jesse Eisenberg, but he is the worst Lex Luthor that ever Lex Luthored. Uh, you're not wrong you're oh you're not wrong but i also think he could play that role pretty well he's already been zuckerberg though i don't know if he gets two bites at that apple (laughs) hello leonardo played like every crazy person but the only iconic he was was he was he was hughes he was he was uh Hoover. Hoover. Mhm. Oh, we could go another way. We could that go movie was really good too. J. Edgar. Uh, yeah, J. Edgar was a good movie. I take breaks from it was very good. good. Like I've never seen Gran Torino, believe it or not. Was that Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, Gran Torino. Yeah, where he's chasing no, the Hoover. Mummy kids. Jay Edgar. Yeah, Jay Edgar. That was that was. Uh, Clint yeah, Eastwood. I, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, you're right. That is that is Clint Eastwood. It was a very good movie. I'm just saying it was a good movie. I don't even like Clint Eastwood. I didn't know he directed it, but whatever. Doesn't really matter. But yeah, I mean, he he's very good at playing the crazy people. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of and speaking like of crazy people, um, there is some controversy about Mel Gibson's new movie. Have you, did you see? Well, yeah, uh, he's definitely crazy. Did you see Variety's uh, piece on that? I want to say it just premiered at Cannes. Is that Airstrike? No. No, that's not it. Sequel to The Passion of the Christ? Uh, What's the movie? Looking, I'm looking. Looking. Is he acting in it or is he directing it? Dragged across concrete. He and Vince Vaughn basically play bad lieutenant style beat cups. And it involves uh, some rather choice uh, racial language. And Vulture <clears throat> has called it, um, it's either Vulture or Variety, I can't remember which. One of the V's. Um, Basically, that it's a alt-right wet dream. That... Oh, I believe it with those actors in it too. So, it it's interesting. I I'm a little bothered because before Mel Gibson went on his drunken anti-Semitic rant, he was uh, going to be making a, a movie based off of one of my favorite nonfiction books, Under and Alone, and that's kind of permanently tabled. About an ATF wow, agent that, went, that went deep undercover with a biker gang for about 18 months. Well, it's a good read. I suggest you read it. I mean, it's a good book. If you if you like Donnie Brasco, you'll like Under and Alone. 
That's all I'll say. But, yeah. Um, Mel Gibson basically... It, I, I would be interested to see it because I kind of like some of those Gonzo movies. And um, this is the same director who did... Uh, this boxing movie with Vince Vaughn um, where Vince Vaughn is basically this championship boxer who's locked up and he's put into this cage fighting situation for the guards. So it was really good. Same director. Um, yeah. Brawl and cell block 99. But uh, uh. I, I got the impression and I normally do not agree with much of what Vulture or Variety says about some of these things, but I get the impression that in all likelihood this character that Mel Gibson was playing was written kind of like an Archie Bunker cop, but put through the mouth of Mel Gibson with some of the stuff he's really said does not come off in an Archie Bunker kind of way. You get my drift? Like it's mm-hmm. supposed to be Eric Cartman, but it well, comes Archie off. Well, Archie Bunker as... today wouldn't come off. Archie Bunker today would not come off as Archie Bunker. I mean, Cartman is ba- on South Park is Archie Bunker, but yeah, it was just. Uh... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Like I said, it, he's crazy. It I don't like written... him. I mean, well, and it. It's tough because he's also made some truly excellent films. Mad Max is an amazing I know, it's film. hard for me. It's kind of like Tom Cruise. It's kind of like Tom Cruise for me because uh, Top Gun and Interview with the Vampire are both movies I love very, very much. You, you like Tom Cruise when he's playing a, a gay guy then? You can uh, say yes. that wasn't gay. Ooh, yeah, it was. The stat wasn't. Yeah. By the way, Maverick uh, was gay. Um, bye. Um, in in Top Gun, Tony well, Scott was, and, uh, it, was he was he was kind of a Captain Jack, um, from Doctor Who kind of character. John Barrowman. But no, uh, I mean who, Maverick. Uh, Lestat. No, Lestat. Yeah, Lestat was like John Barrowman and Doctor Who. Uh, every pretty much everyone in all in any of Anne Rice's books before she went back to Catholicism and then went back again away from Catholicism, everyone mm-hmm. their sexuality is is fluid. So it, it has nothing mm-hmm. really to do with Lestat polysexuality and yeah maverick very gay like so gay test audiences put down put down how gay the scenes were that's why they added so many scenes with um what's her name from witness i can't remember her name kelly lebrock uh there were that sex scene with kelly lebrock was shot after production closed because Everyone thought this was about gay men in the military. <laughs> it's it's just funny to me, because and you can see it too, like that 
that volleyball match is very homoerotic. I mean, they're still good movies. Fine, but why are we talking about whether or not these fictional characters are gay? No, it's just, it doesn't I, matter. I, you, you named the two I movies like the where movies. Tom Cruise kind of plays a really gay guy, that's all. He plays, I mean... But. Personally, I think he's he he probably is gay. Mm-hmm. That was one of the best uh, oh. non sequiturs on Family Guy. Is why does Tom Cruise run in every one of his movies? And there's just a little thought bubble of gay thoughts that he's running away from. Yeah. Yeah, we went so and saw the, up, by the, the last one. Was Fallout good? Was Fallout good? Mission that was Impossible the Mission Fallout? Impossible one, right? Yeah. It was all right. It wasn't, you know, I don't know. It wasn't fantastic. The last one I saw of those movies that I thought was super fantastic was uh, was the one in Dubai. They shot part of it in Dubai. I forget which, which one that was. I think that's Ghost Protocol. I think Whichever so. one Brad Bird did. What's Brad Bird's doing? And then Brad Bird went back to animation. But, yeah. It was... We watched What About Bob last night. <laughs> Shut up. Why, why should why? Shut I not up. believe I watched What About Bob last night? I haven't seen that movie since I was like 12. I, I don't even know if I could tolerate it anymore. Well, to, to, to baby really step, screw it up for you. So in our modern day, I bought it on Amazon, and I'm pretty sure I have it on DVD somewhere in the basement. But I spent ten bucks to buy it on Amazon, so I didn't have to go looking for it. You ever do that? I can't believe you spent ten bucks for that movie. Oh, it was it was. Uh, I'm glad I did though. Even if you movie. didn't have it downstairs, I can't believe you spent ten dollars on that movie. What's ten dollars to me, Julia? Okay. I don't have a kid. I mean, I wish I had ten dollars like that. Whatever. I'm about to cut this off though, because my pizza should be here soon, and I'm so hungry and I'm so pregnant, and neither of those things are a good combination. You didn't get a Hawaiian, did you? No, pineapple and pizza is disgusting. I agree. My wife loves it. I get cheddar and cheddar and cheddar and pepperoni. Oh, kind of St. Louis style. But all right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna head inside myself. Yeah, you have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.